Good morning. Got awful quiet there, so I guess it must be time to start. I want to welcome everybody here this morning, especially if you're visiting with us. I want to welcome you and thank you for being here and invite you back to worship with us again. I'd like to invite everyone back this evening at 6 p.m. for our Sunday evening services and then again on Wednesday at 7 p.m. for our midweek Bible study. Also, if you uh, haven't had the opportunity to uh, pick up a Rome journal, just encourage you to do that. There's a, a good article on the front that Alan wrote about the, uh, their trip to Peru and especially their, uh, the time with the, uh, that they spent with the orphanage. So I encourage you to take a look at that as well as all of the uh, upcoming activities that will be, uh, be going on here at Rome in August and uh, also the, uh, the prayer list, the updated prayer list. And uh, also remember our shut-ins. Uh, Dave will have our complete announcements at the end of services, but uh, it's always good to grab one of these to, uh, to have as a reminder. This morning, uh, Kevin Lyles will have the, the reading and prayer. Mike Webb will be overseeing the table, and Darren Baker will have our closing prayer. As we prepare to uh, enter our worship time, I'm going to be reading from uh, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 15. Paul reminds us through this writing of just the greatness of, of Christ and why he's worth following. It reads, He, being Christ, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him, and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Let's go to God in prayer. Father in heaven, we approach you at this time, Father, thanking you for for being our God, for creating us, for watching over us, Father, for the love that you have shown us through your son, Jesus. We thank you for him and for his life and for his death and burial and resurrection. And Father, we are here to worship you this morning, to sing praises to you, and we just ask your blessings upon our time here that everything that we do will please you, Father. Father, we ask your blessings upon those that are struggling this morning, either spiritually or physically, pray that you'll be with each one, those that have been mentioned in our Bible class this morning, those that are listed in the, uh, the Rome update, Father, just pray you bless and watch over them, and, and Father, we just pray that uh, you just be with us the rest of our time here this morning, and Father, we ask that um, you forgive us when we do fall short, it's through Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please stand for the first song. First hymn this morning, number 732, We Praise Thee, O God. We Praise Thee, O God. We praise Thee, O God, for the Son of God, for Jesus, who
Next to him this morning, number 332, In the Desert of Sorrow and Sin. <clears throat> In the Desert of Sorrow and Sin. After this hand, Brother Kevin Lyles will have our scripture and prayer. In the desert of sorrow and sin, though I think as I journey along, with the warfare without and within, see my strength and my hope Pray with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this beautiful summer day that we were all able to come down here with people that we love and, and people who love you and worship together. We're especially grateful that we're able to do that without any kind of pressure against us or, or cruelty or any kind of things that lots of people in this world go through. We pray that while we're here and while we worship you, that everything that we do will be pleasing to you. And I especially pray for our time of communion because we're, we're not only celebrating, but we're remembering your son who died for us. And, and in my mind, it's, it's one of the most serious things that we do in our service. And, and we pray that as we do that as Christians, that our mind will be blank except for remembering what Jesus did for us. We're cognizant this morning that there are many that are missing from our, our midst, those that are sick or those that, that are battling some kind of emotional or spiritual issue or even those that are traveling. We pray that as 
you watch over them, that you will protect them and bring them back into our fold. We're also mindful that within a week or two that most schools start and that, that our youth will be starting school and we pray that you will keep them safe and we, we even have youth that will be going off to college for the first time or, or maybe maybe more than the first time, but, but they'll be away from our, our midst and we pray that you will watch over them and keep your loving arms around them. We're concerned this morning about directions that our country goes and, and we pray that, that you will somehow reach our leaders and, and help them to, to find a path that leads directly towards you and that, that we will take our part in making that path happen. We're cognizant this morning of, <clears throat> of all the blessings that you give us and we pray that you will keep in our hearts how grateful that we should be for those blessings and that we never forget how much you love us. We pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. Our uh, scripture reading this morning that Chris has selected comes from 1 Corinthians verses 1 and 2. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother, unto the church of God which is in Corinth, to, tell, to them that are sanctified in Jesus Christ, called to be saints, and with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Next hymn this morning, number 287, I Love the Lord, 287. <clears throat> and after this hymn, we'll have the Lord's, Lord's Supper.
we come together this morning to worship God, and at this point in our worship, we come together to remember the sacrifice. He did love us so much that he left heaven and came to earth uh, to live for us and to die for us. As we think about that this morning, uh, we, we look to the, the New Testament, and we look to Acts chapter 20, verse 7, as they came together for the purpose to, to break bread. Uh, in first, or 2 Corinthians chapter 11, it talks about the Lord's Supper and how that was uh, something to really focus on. They, were, they weren't doing that properly. Uh, it, it's, it's one of the most important things that we do as we think about um, his sacrifice, as we think about uh, his worship, uh, as we worship. Remember how in the Old Testament, sins were atoned for. In the Old Testament, we look at all of the, the sacrifices that were necessary, uh, the different things that they would do as they would come to worship, and the, the things they had to bring and the sacrifices they had to make. Once a year, at the beginning of their year, they would have a whole week uh, of repentance. And then on the day of Yom Kippur, uh, the, the day that... Um, would help them the day of atonement where they would get right with God. They wanted to start their year off right with God, having their sins forgiven. They wanted to start off by having their sins cleansed. Leviticus chapter 16, beginning in verse 3, uh, talks about how, well, the whole chapter, but talks about how the high priest, one man, was able uh, to go into the presence of God on their behalf. How he would go and represent himself and and make a sacrifice for his sins, and then also a, sin, a sacrifice for the sin of all the people. Verses 5 uh, through 7, it says, And he shall take from the congregation of the children of Israel two kids of the goats as a sin offering, one ram as a burnt offering. Verse 7, He shall take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of the meeting. Uh, verses 8 and 9, And then Aaron shall cast lots for the two goats, one for the Lord and the other for the scapegoat. And Aaron shall bring the goat on which the, Lord, the lot fell and offer it as a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell to be the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement upon it, to let it go out as a scapegoat into the wilderness. It's important for us to, to remember that uh, the Jewish mind, the Eastern mind, thinks in terms of pictures. Uh, most of the time, we, we like, well, give me three points. Uh, give me some insights, something I can take away with me. But this is a picture for us of what God is doing. One of, these one of these goats will be an offering to God for sin. The other, the, the high priest would put his hands on it, and he would list all of the sins that they had been repenting for that week. Uh, as, as they were thinking about their lives and thinking about how they should live them to be holy with God, and he would... Pray for those, those sins over the scapegoat. In chapter 16, verse 20, And when he has made an end of the atoning for the holy place, the tabernacle, the meeting of offerings, shall bring the live goat. And when he has laid both hands on it, confess over it all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions concerning their sins. Put them on the head of the goat, and he shall send it away in the wilderness by the hand of a suitable man. The goat shall bear on itself all their iniquities to an uninhabited land, and he shall release the goat into the wilderness. Now, would you want to be the one leading that goat with all of the sins of the people on it? Tradition says that they would have actually a Gentile do it. 
And that Gentile would take that goat out into the wilderness. And it symbolized their sins being taken away from them. There's also a tradition that they would put a red cord around the goat's head. Red being a symbol of, of blood and of sacrifice, of atonement. And they would wrap that cord around the goat's head and it would have that, that red cord as it took the sins away from the people. Now, why uh, does this matter to us? Why am I bringing this up? Well, as they would send that goat away, they would say, Ahazazel, which means uh, the idea of taking away, take the sins away, lead them away, they would be removed and no longer be here. Let's remember how sins are atoned for in the New Testament. Uh, we come together to think about the sacrifice of Jesus, our Savior. And it says in John 19, verses 1 through 3, So when Pilate took Jesus and scourged him, and the soldiers twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They put a purple robe on him and they said, Hail, King of the Jews, and they struck him with their hands. What do you think his head looked like when he went walking out of there with that crown of thorns? We know that blood would be dripping down. He had that red around his head. Also in Matthew chapter 27, we read of how um, they said, Away with him! Away with him, crucify him. John records their words as Pilate said, What should I do with this Jesus? Away with him, away with him. And they led him away to be crucified. He led him away. And then in Matthew 27, verse 32 says, Now as they came out, a man from Cyrene, Simon by name, they compelled him to carry his cross. Simon Cyrene was a Gentile. And he carried his cross to Golgotha. Now, as John's recording all of this, he's painting a picture for us. All the Jews there, he's saying, there's something going on here, do you see? Jesus is both the lamb that would be sac or the, the, the sacrifice, uh, the sin offering, and the scapegoat. They drove him away, being led by a Gentile outside of the gate of Jerusalem. And on the outskirts of the gate, he hung on the cross to die for our sins. So if you're familiar with this idea, if you're paying attention, there's this man with a red head walking out, being told to get away from us, being led to the cross. Now, Hebrews chapter 10 tells us that the, the law has but a shadow of the good things to come instead of the true reality or form of these things it can never by the same sacrifices or continually offered year by year make those who practice perfect verse 4 says but the blood of bulls and goats can't take away sin but verses 11 and 12 and every priest stands daily at his service offering repeatedly the same sacrifices by which they can never take away sins but when Christ had offered for him for all time as single sacrifices for the sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And that's why we come together to remember his sacrifice. Jesus was the sin offering and the scapegoat. Once and for all, he put away all of those things, all of those sacrifices, all of those uh, rituals. And as we come together, we think about his body that was broken and his blood that was shed and how that was done for our sins, and it should cause us to think. And I, I encourage you as we begin to take the bread that you think about 
the sacrifice. Father, we thank you so much for this morning, for the time of singing and prayer and, and, and your word. And Father, especially, as Brother Kevin said, this Lord's Supper that reminds us of the sacrifice of Jesus, how he took away our sins completely. Father, that we can come before you boldly, knowing that in, in your eyes we stand forgiven because of the things that he did. May that motivate us as we live our life, as we take this bread that symbolizes his body. Father, that we understand that it was given for our sins and we live accordingly. We pray these things for each one who partakes. In Christ's name, amen.